Let's just stay in God's presence for a moment. Come on. Let's not move out too quickly. I think the Lord's got a little more to say and more to do. We want to declare before you, Lord, that we believe your prophets. And we thank you for great prophetic men. I'm thinking particularly of Daniel, all those hundreds and hundreds of years ago, you were able to show him what these days would be like. And he saw this stone not, not cut with hands and he saw these vast governmental systems which seem so invincible and so powerful. Some of them approximated to what you wanted to see and some of them were plainly and totally demonic. But when that stone was cast into the affairs of this world into the political arena and into the affairs of government in particular. Every other system was crushed to powder. Now that's the power of our God. We're looking at these great demonic edifices. We're thinking particularly maybe at the great system of humanism in the West, the great system of Islam in the East. They seem so powerful, they seem so invincible. But we want to thank you that we see that stone not cut with human hands and we see you throwing it powerfully into the affairs of this world and we are, we're thanking you that all these things are going to be crushed to powder they're going to be blown away with the breath of God like a mighty wind and we see this great mountain this little stone growing into a great mountain that, that fills the whole earth and we can't think of anything more purposeful we can think of nothing more wonderful than to give ourselves to you for this purpose and we cry Lord raise up across the United States, across Africa, across Europe, across Asia. Raise up the craftsmen in, in great numbers, with, with great skill and with great ability. And may they, may they forcefully advance the kingdom to your glory. And Lord, as we come to the last session of this conference, we pray that out of all the many things that could be said and could be emphasized, that we will be given grace by your Spirit to focus on the thing that you particularly want to say in our hearts as we, as we leave now. Now, Lord, I just, we just want to wait on you. I, I, feel, I feel something more has to come. Stir the prophetic. Stir the psalmist. Stir the intercessor, whatever is necessary to bring forth your word at this time. We, 
we bow before you, we humble ourselves before you. So we want to know that we've heard the closing word from God. And we're crying out to you right now in Jesus' name. Let's just wait on him for a few moments. spirit the Lord saying that he wants to comfort us and he wants to rid us of all fear as to where to take all this 
and what's going to happen when we get back home and how are we going to carry it and what are we going to do and what are the people going to think and are they going to want to change and are they going to want to go with this and what just all of this anxiety and fear and I feel like the Lord wants to right now show you that he is the voice crying out he is the one preparing the way for us now as his vessels of clay with his glory inside of us that he is the one that's going to prepare the way for us to carry this back to where we're going very important to get rid of the fear and the anxiety and the intimidation and so i just want to pray isaiah 40 over us that we would hear that voice crying that he is cutting down weeds and clearing paths even right now as we're sitting here ending this session, he's got his angels out there clearing paths for you, chopping down weeds and pulling things up and there's gonna be a clear path. There are angels sent out to prepare the way for this word that we've received all week and that we would have feet to walk in that. So Father, I thank you that your perfect love casts out all fear that we need not be intimidated or be snared by the fear of man, but that we would have a holy fear of you rise up within us as we are so full, Lord, busting our wineskins or busting with new wine. And we want to set our feet on the right path that your angels even right now are clearing for us. And we want to walk that path in power and in security in the Son of the living God that called us to what we are called to do. So comfort, oh, comfort your people, dear God. Speak kindly to us. Let every mountain be made low and every valley be lifted up. Let the rough ground become a plain and the rugged terrain a broad valley. For then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken this week. It is done in the heavenlies. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Surely the people are grass as the grass withers and fades away by the breath of the Lord. But the word of the Lord will never fade away. Surely the people are grass, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. Get yourself up on a high mountain, O Zion, bearer of good news. Do not fear, lift up your voice mightily and say to your city, behold your God. For the Lord God will come with might, his recompense before him and his arm ruling for him, for you. So Father, I receive this in my spirit that I need not fear or be anxious but you're preparing the way for the kingdom to come. You have said the kingdom is near, it is at hand, and I am preparing all paths for you to do it and activate it in Jesus' name. Father, we just wanna declare the glory of the kingdom. We declare that you are the glorious king of the kingdom and your glorious kingdom will fill all the earth. And Father, as the waters cover the sea, so your glory will fill the earth, Father. And we declare the glory of your kingdom, Father. Father, you've taken the, the, 
likes of us, just made of clay, Father. And you're going to fill us with your glory. And you're going to cause us to be shed upon this broad, this whole earth, Father. And we will, we will be the carriers of the glory of the kingdom in these days, Father. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, that you would come down and fill our clay pots, Father, with the glory of the kingdom, Father, and cause us to be carriers of that glory. Father, I ask you right now, Lord, that you would cause the glory of the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit to fill us full, Father. Let your righteousness, your peace and your joy fill us full, we pray. I'm calling you to come in my council, says the Lord. Even as you have been in the council, you have been in my council where I've spoken to you so many things. I do not only want to speak to you, but I want to bring you to a level where I'm going to put those things, those pieces together, says the Lord. Where it's going to become one and it's going to be life. I'm calling you to move from a level where you have just understood and you have enjoyed it. But I want it now to become life. I want you, says the living God, as you wait and as you come in my counsel. Not only are you going to come in my counsel and go out, but I want you to leave. I want you to dwell in my counsel because I will lead you from face to face. I will lead you from understanding to understanding. I will lead you from glory to glory. I will lead you from revelation to revelation. I don't want you to visit my presence and come out of my presence. I want you to dwell in my presence says the living God and I heard a sound of I heard a loud sound I heard a big a, a, big, a big 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 sound a big noise and uh, similar to what Ezekiel saw when he saw the bones in the valley but I did not see the bones I saw the skeletons and the bones were mislocated. And the Lord God says, I'm relocating men and women. I'm going to plant you out. I'm going to take you out from where you have been. And you have liked where you have been. You have been comfortable where you have been. But I'm taking you out and I'm putting you to your rightful place. Where you are going to be fruitful. Where you are going to bear much fruit, says the Lord. And this is going to be accomplished as you dwell in my counsel and as you are sensitive to my voice and as you hear the voice of my spirit, I'm going to accomplish this, says the living God. I'm doing something new, says the Lord. I'm bringing you to a level where I'm, I'm raising you to be, to be men and women of impartation who will raise men and women who will be able to, to impart. But before you impart, I invite you to receive the fullness of my revelation and the fullness of my word. I'm bringing something you says the living God. I'm bringing you out of tradition and routine and understanding. There has been a time 
where men and women have been taught in schools, in, in schools, in Bible schools. But I'm raising evangelists, evangelist fathers, who will be able to raise other evangelists. I will bring young evangelists under the covering of those evangelists that I have taught, that I have given my life and to have my passion. And the same I will do to other fivefold ministries, says the living God. I'm raising the Joshua's, whom I will put under the Moses. I'm raising the Timothy's, whom I will put under the the pause and some of you says the living God you are that Elijah you are that Elijah in the making if you will be willing to completely release yourself and sell yourself if you'll be willing to pay the price says the living God of relocating you some of you I will relocate you geographically and some of you I will relocate you in terms of giftings you have been doing something that I have not called you to do you have labored but I have seen your heart your heart has been right I've seen your sincere spirit and your sincere heart but you have been misplaced but as you dwell in my counsel, says the living God, I will relocate you and I will cause you to be fruitful, says the living God. Amen. Just, just thank you. Let's, let's just hold that for a little while. Am I on this mic? Yes. Let's just stay still. I, I just don't have any liberty to open up on these last things I was going to teach on. I just feel God's got other things to do with this time. And, and I want us just to stay there. Now, I want that word to sink in. Really, I think God is asking this. How much do you love your city? Do you love your nation? And will you, will you pay a price which could... It'll involve relocation a different career maybe maybe you're in the pastorate and you shouldn't be in the pastorate maybe you should be doing something else maybe you are not in the pastorate and you should be in the pastorate and God's saying I want to move you from one career activity to the one that I've really called you to be called you to do it's, some are, it's geographical relocation. For some, it's, it's relational relocation. What you're related to now, you're going to have to leave that and be related to the, to the Davids of the kingdom. You've got to leave the source of the false kingdom and be related and working with the Davids of the of the kingdom, of the new kingdom, of the real kingdom. Now, only God can tell you what he's speaking in your heart, but I believe right around this room, God's saying things. And saying, okay, you've heard the message and you've, you've got a picture of what America could look like when the kingdoms come. Now, are you just going to sit there passively and expect me to do it for you, or are you prepared to really become workers together with God, like the Lord Jesus, because that's the kingdom. Jesus said, I do nothing of myself. I do nothing of my own initiative. Whatever I see the Father doing, I go 
and I work with him. I judge everything I hear and I always hear correctly. I never make a mistake about what my father wants me to do because I only seek his will and not my own will. I have no ambition for myself. Lord, I just pray for us as we weigh this word and say, yeah, Lord, we'll make whatever adjustments are necessary. And I include myself in that, Lord. Every one of us, I feel, we've got to examine the way our time is being used. It can be being used in good things or it can be being used in the right thing. What's good isn't necessarily right. We're so busy with the urgent that we haven't got time to do what's right. I want to examine my heart, Lord, along with everybody else. So I'm dead serious about wanting to see all that you've caused me to speak here. I want to see it become manifest. I'm not content just to dream that one day it will come, but I, I want to work with men and women who seriously are committed to make this thing happen. see someone in a hospital bed and it's the hospital bed of doing things in the old ways it's a hospital bed of doing things that were out of the solish kingdom and over them on the wall behind them is the scripture that says with man this is impossible but with God all things are possible and I see breakthrough over their heads that this is the time where God is communicating to us his authority to get out of that hospital. And it's not a time where we're being delivered to go out with crutches or a walker or, or some IV bag on a roller, but it's time for breakthrough. And that authority that Simon was praying about earlier, that that authority is God with us. That we're not just taking this information as information to plug into our old ways or our old systems and that we would stay in that hospital, but that God through this would deliver us. And it's not just the information with us, it's God with us as our authority and power. So Lord, I pray, Father, that we wouldn't just see this as information, but God, like Alan said in the beginning, Lord, of this entire week, that it's revelation and that it would just reveal our hearts to you, Father. Reveal your heart to us, God, and that we would go in your authority, Father. Amen. Lord just brought my attention to these words in 
Hebrews chapter 8. Just let me read them. I'm going to read from verse 8. Because finding fault with them, that is the first covenant, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant. And so I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel in those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them upon their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them, none of them will teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. All shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I'll remember no more. And in that he says a new covenant, he makes the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. And I feel what the Lord is saying is that, that what you've tended to do, what we've tended to do is to get good biblical principles by which we conduct our ministries, by which we live our lives. And he says, I don't, I don't want that. What I want you to do is to, is to walk with me and know me so that I speak directly to you. And I, you're not walking according to a rule book, you're walking according to the now word of the living God. And what he says to you to do this week, um, it may change next week. It will never be unbiblical, it will never be contrary to his kingdom principles, but he wants that flexibility so that we can just move with him according to what needs to be done at this present time. And, and the priority is that we have a life with God where we know him. They will all know me from the least to the greatest of them. They will all know me. And Jesus said, he said, I walk with my Father and I know him, he knows me, I love him, he loves me. And the things that I do, the works that I do, they're not my works, they're the Father in me doing the works. And the words that I speak, they're not my wor words, but they're words of him dwelling in me. And I want us to, to pray for that following on from these other things that have been said, it seems to me that he's saying like, I want to make all this happen so that the full glory of the kingdom comes across 
your cities and across your nation, your, your churches, everything we represent, we've got to be doing it because God has said to us, do it. We've got to be able to hear him in order to live that way. And everyone that lives that way is going to be as fruitful as Jesus. Jesus said this in another way. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you're going to bring forth much fruit. That's what he said. You're going to bring forth much fruit. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. And then he said, you can ask whatever you will and I'll do it for you. And so maybe at the end of this conference, he's, this is what he's just focusing on. He says, well, I want to call you into an intimacy that you've never known before, a priority to seek my face that was not your priority before. And not just a half an hour or whatever time it is in the morning, and then when I've had my quiet time, I go out then to do what I believe to be my uh, God-blessed program for the day. I, I want to do it with the Lord. I want you to do it with the Lord. Amen? Yes. And if we can learn to walk, walk that way, we're living in all the power and glory of the new covenant. They will all know me from the least to the greatest. And I don't want teachers to teach people to know the Lord by indirect information. I want people to know me because they've heard me say it themselves in their own heart. It may be teaching that comes from somebody else's lips, but it's become your own revealed word. It's not just things that you've learnt in terms of information or methodology. Lord, you said a lot of things and there's lots of good teaching and the other things that we were going to consider this morning, they were things you showed me and in your life you were just to focus on this. And I, I want to put myself in that first place that I'm going to um, seek you to live in the fullness of that new covenant as an absolute first priority. And I can say, I'm a new covenant believer. How can you know that? Well, because I walk the way that Jesus did. I, I live and walk with my Father in the same incredible intimacy. And, and when I come to the end of the day, I can say, well, Lord, I, I'm glad that, I, that you and I together, we did some great things. And you and I together, we, we said some great things. And life was, was full and... Oh, Lord, Lord, let your kingdom come. Lord, I just feel in my heart to say, Lord, just raise up those key apostolic ministries. May they, be, may they know themselves who they are, and then may they be received and recognized. Lord, just raise them up all over this nation, every city, every place where you yourself want to come. And may we begin to build the kingdom according to your will in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Well, I, as I said a moment ago, I have before me the day five notes. I was going to teach you something on the Jews and, and show how they have a glorious end time purpose, but uh, it's not to bring us back into Judaism. Amen. They're going to be gathered into the kingdom. And, and I just feel no liberty to go to those notes and teach them. So I'm going to, I'm going to be obedient. Uh, let me just give you a little a principle I learned many years ago, and I can't even remember who taught it to me, but it's become so helpful in my life. He said, if you want to stay in the truth of Scripture, he said, you'll find every teaching of Scripture, the seed of it is in the words that Jesus said. The seed is there. So you start, well, what did Jesus say about this? And it's amazing how there isn't a thing that matters that Jesus didn't speak about. And then he said, having got the seed that Jesus spoke, he said, you then find that thought expanded in the epistles. And then he said, when you've got the expansion of it in the epistles and it's clear and revealed to you, he said, then you'll find it wonderfully illustrated in the Old Testament. He said, but if you start in the Old Testament, you'll usually end up in error. That's not saying it's not the word of God, but it's got to be redefined by Jesus. You remember how Jesus said, Moses said this, and, but, but I say unto you. Now what he said wasn't contradictory, but it was, it was a greater fullness of the other thing. Moses said, don't commit adultery, but I say unto you, you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you committed adultery. Moses said, don't get angry, or don't, you don't kill. I say, if you get angry without a cause, you're a murderer. And, and so he takes all that Moses said and, and so you hear what Jesus says and then you then go back to it. Well, I believe that's very, very important in some of these end time subjects. You know, we can get so obsessed with the Old Testament, we forget what Jesus said. Hello? And, and I found that to be so helpful and I'm not going to open up on these things now, but I was going to look at the the role of the Jews at the end of the age. I was going to look at the millennium, all explosive, debatable issues, and then the final glory. But, you know, what we really face is not so much the fact of the final glory. What it is, it's, it's chronology. I mean, the fact is Jesus is coming. Everybody agree on that? Yes. <laughs> and every eye is going to see him, and he's going to, he's going to bring in the final glory. Uh, I personally still believe in a literal millennium. And I've got good reasons why, because some people say, well, I can't see the point of it, therefore let's dismiss it. You can't dismiss it because you can't see the point of it. But I actually can see the point of it. And then we're told that then, finally, there comes a new heaven and a new earth. Peter tells us graphically that a whole of the present heavens and the present earth are going to melt with a fervent heat. I can't imagine what that's like. It's as if God takes this sin-stained world and, this sin, and the sin-stained 
levels of the heavens they're right into the trash with them and now let's start again with a new earth and a new heaven in which righteousness dwells and which has never been tainted with sin now I can't imagine these things but I believe that's what will happen and I believe it's going to be awesome and wonderful and uh, I think we haven't begun to see yet the, the awesomeness of our God one of the things God said to me um, as I came into the new millennium and I was asking him for a word and some of you heard me say this but let me repeat it first those that haven't heard me say this I always ask God for a new word for every year and he didn't give me anything in 1999 but he gave me something in the year 2000 he said this is for several years and he took me to the end of uh, to the beginning of Jesus' ministry and Jesus began his ministry by quoting Isaiah 61 and saying the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and his purpose for being anointed was to rescue people from the bondage of the evil one. Amen? That's what it was for. It was to, it was, it's always been to destroy the kingdom of darkness and the purpose of destroying the kingdom of darkness was to rescue people that are bound by that kingdom. Not to give for ourselves a more pleasant place to live in. Amen? And so much of Christian activity, when we really get upset with the devil, is when he upsets our comfortable world. And, uh, but it's, it's to save the lost. But then he stops in the middle of a sentence and he just said, um, the, I, I've come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he stopped. And as you know in Isaiah 61, the next phrase says, and the day of vengeance of our God. And he never said that because it wasn't time to say that. He said, now this day, this scripture has been fulfilled in you. Well, what God said to me at the beginning of this new millennium was, the time has come to complete the sentence. And I can still remember, I can still remember my hair standing up on end. I was just on my own in prayer, but I felt my hair stand up on end with the kind of... Um, just hearing God speak, I can still, you know, and that, like the sort of shock of it. And then he said this to me. He said, Alan, he said, the church has never seen me really angry before. And I, I don't know what I'm, that means, but I know it's awesome. And then if you go on reading in Isaiah 61, um, it does not then speak on God's judgment of sinners, but it speaks of God's judgment of the, of the activities of Satan. The first thing that happens is, we're told, is that the, the intercessors stop mourning and they're so hilariously dancing with joy they can't contain themselves because all that they've ever prayed for and dreamed about is happening before their eyes. I'll turn their mourning to dancing, that's what it says, and I'll give them the spirit of praise instead of the garment of heaviness. And, 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 and what I believe is that those of you who've carried the travail for years, which some of us are just really getting hold of, you're going to so see your prayers fulfilled. You're going to so see before your eyes more exceedingly abundantly above all that you've ever asked, thought you're just going to be you're just going to be absolutely delirious and nuts and then we're told that God will restore the desolation of many generations and then he starts talking about ruined cities you go you read it you'll see for yourself and 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 I believe 
that as God has spoken to us about this kingdom, and we've, we've we looked at it in its design, and it, and it really seems so big and beyond us that we'll think, well, it was a great vision, it's a wonderful dream, but is it ever, ever going to happen? And I believe that God's going to move on the scene in a, a power and a glory and an anger against the works of darkness that is going to make us absolutely tremble. We're going to tremble. I, I, I'm going to tremble because I, I, although I believe in God's almightiness, I've never ever seen it with my own eyes. I mean, I've seen some pretty awesome things, but I tell you, when God really gets stirred, it's phenomenal. It talks about the mountains melting, about this, and, and I, we're going to see things, because God said, look, enough's enough. The devil has gone on stomping around this world as if he had owned it, and yet my son has already been installed by me on his holy hill, and I'm not going to change my mind. He is now a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Amen? That's what the Bible says. He says to his son, Son, ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. And he said, he said and, and these glorious scriptures, we're going to see them fulfilled in ways that are going to absolutely blow our minds. And I just pray that I'll live, and I suspect I will live long enough to see it with my own eyes. I don't, you want to see it without me, but that... And, and I, I feel that you and I, we've got to get into mesh, if that's the right word, into, perhaps a, no, a better word is into, into fellowship, into harmony, into relationship with a living God like we've never done in our lives before. And I feel, this, I feel that's what God's saying to me at the end of this conference. He's saying, Alan, you've tried so hard for me and you've worked so hard for me and some of the stuff that's happened is good, but he said, when you and I really get into, into harmony together, he said, you will not believe the things that I'm going to be able to do through you. You know, it says in Matthew 18, if two of you be agreed on earth as touching anything, well, supposing that agreement's between you and God. You know, the word is, the word is symphonia, is the Greek word. We get our English word symphony comes from direct from that word and it means it's like two instruments in the same orchestra praying in perfect harmony together. That's what it's saying. That, that's the agreement. It's not just, well, let's both agree the devil's going to leave our town. It's not that. It's, it's being so sympathetically resonating with God that, that, that we're, we're making harmony together with God the Holy Spirit. That's what I believe it's saying. And then, of course, that can then be experienced between two people, but it takes a particular relationship to get to that level of harmony. I think the ideal, of course, is when a husband and wife, that's the most natural possibility, but it's not the only possibility. See, if two of you will get in absolute harmony together, so that you're in, in sympathetic resonance, you, you, you know what... Uh, with God, so, so, so that He sort of makes a note, and you re resonate to that same note. You know what I'm. You know, you know the the physical phenomena of sympathetic resonance. You sing a certain note, and a, a glass will start vibrating because it's, it happens to have that particular sympathetic resonance. 
Now, that's what God wants to do. When he speaks, we sort of, with the sound of what he's just said. Amen. Then he said, it'll be, it'll be done for them. So as we bring this to a close, I feel that that's the message from God, which has come from very different quarters, but it's basically saying the same thing, that, that, that if we will walk with him, as Jesus walked with him, and every minute of every day is, is lived out in that, that unclouded fellowship, it, it'd be absolutely amazing what God will do for us. And he's going to lose his power in ways that we've never dreamed of. And going to do a quick work when it seems like to us it's going to take an eternity. And possibly it will never even happen. And, and as I've been your teacher through this time, I feel as I'm leaving, and I want to honestly say this, I feel I've got to go home, I've got to pray, and I've got to let God look at my life, look at my calendar, look at all my commitments, and, and I've, got to, I've, got to be, I've got to be able to say that I'm, I'm literally going there in the will of God. I'm doing that in fellowship with God. And then I think I'm going to see something phenomenally new and fruitful come out of my life. I mean, I've been, I've been useful to God, but not, not that much. And, and, and I, do you understand what I'm saying? And, and I feel that's what he's saying to me in this. And... I feel that's what he's saying to us. And if we, if we make that commitment that, Lord, in a new way, we're going, to, we're going to fellowship with you. You've called us into this incredible relationship with the risen Christ. We're going to, you know, we're going to live literally as new men, new women. And, and we're going to live in that, that throne life with God. I mean, it, it has to be powerful if we get there, doesn't it? It has to be. And I'm not going to, with your permission, and, or without your permission, <laughs> I just don't feel any freedom, and I've never ever done this in a conference in my life before. I've always got plenty to say, but I just feel, I, I've got plenty to say, but I have no permission to say anything in terms of teaching, and I want to just shut it down here. And Eileen's got something that she will bust it. Uh, please, darling, I, I, I want you to share. Okay. Precious ones, we're the people of oil. We are the people of oil. And Alan said something a moment ago. I want to tell you, precious ones, there's a connection. There, and the connection are the connecting pipes of oil. There's a conduit of oil. And God is going to do something incredible as he connects. And those connections are only the connections of oil. And I want to read you a scripture, you know exactly where I'm going, Zechariah 4, I've stolen Billy's Bible here. And the angel talked to me and returned and wakened me. 
a man, as a man is wakened from his sleep, and he asked me, what do you see? And I answered, I see a solid lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it with seven chambers, channels to the lights. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and one on the left. And I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? And he answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And Father, we hear that word in our spirits. It's not by might, it's not by any power, but it's just by your spirit. And you are the Lord Almighty. And Father, I want to thank you. You've got a bowl that sits atop of us. And that bowl is filled right out of heaven. And Lord, you're filling it up with the oil of God. And we, the conduit of God, will carry the very oil of God. And Father, I want to ask you that in this room, every man, every woman will get connected. And that connection is speaking to you. You thought you walked in here, but God brought you in here to make a connection, an oil connection for you this day. He wanted to connect you in relationship. It's a relationship connection. It's not a work or um, any other sub kind of connection. This is relationship. The oil of God is going to flow in that relationship. And I'm calling you, you who wandered in here, you who walked in here, you who even came in here just because you thought you ought to come in here this day, or do your duty coming in here this day. God is saying to you this day, you are connecting with relationship, with a conduit which will flow oil into you and from you and through you and to you. God is going to do this thing. And there's new relationships going to be forged. Things you've done and you thought were wet with oil, but you've had to try and stoke it and stoke it and stoke it. Those things which you thought were adequate and were as good as anybody else was doing, I say no. With a new connection on a new relationship, a new conduit, the oil is going to flow not by might, nor by power. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. You are people of oil. You are the people of oil. We are those who carry the oil in these last days. And that oil is fresh fresh out of heaven. And Father, we shrink from doing anything which is not of the oil. We truly shrink in our inner beings, Father, from doing anything which hasn't got the flow of the oil upon it. And Father, we know you don't flow that oil Individually, Lord, this talks of the connections and the pipes. And Father, we know that you've declared relationships. And Father, we say to you, we will connect and we will relate 
so that we can have that which flows from the bowl, through the pipes, through the conduit, and that we can shine in this dark world. What are these, O you, O mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground. Then you will bring out the capstone of shouts of God bless it, God bless it, or grace, grace to it. And then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. And Father, we want to thank you for the Zerubbabel building that has been taking place. We thank you, Father, for the carefulness in which you have placed each stone. We thank you, Father, for the love with which you have just adjusted each stone so that, Father, we could be raised a temple filled with your glory and to your praise. And Father, we bless you today. We bless you. Lord, you've lovingly done it. Lovingly done it in these days. Father, how carefully you've readjusted the stones. How carefully you've laid them. Father, we bless you. And Lord, your word says, who despises the day of small things? And Father, there's not one of us in this room here who hasn't looked at the smallness of our days and the smallness of the, our activities and the things we've accomplished, even with our best efforts, Father. God, there's not one of us. Lord, we've despaired at times, Father. Lord, we've looked and it seems we've done much and to produce so little. And oh God, we cry out to you, Father. Because, Lord, we know that you're a mighty God who does mighty things. And, Lord, you're not small. Everything you do is incredible, miraculous. But, Father, you begin everything minute and small. And, Father, we say that we're at the point of the birthing of the huge purposes of our God. And, Father, that which you began so small, Father, we will speak to it. We will love it. We will look to it. We will pray over it. We will cry over it. But, my God, if God is in it, it has to be big. If God is in it, it has to be filled with glory. If God is in it, it's got to have the power of God upon it. And our God, we say, yes, my God, we do despise the day of small things. And Lord, we look to you for the outpouring of your majesty, your might and your power and your glory in these days, Father. That you will blow upon our, our smoldering embers, Father. And you will quicken us and blow us into a mighty flame, Father. That your fire should come upon the earth, Father. And these last days we will see the magnificence of the glory of our God as he is establishes the mightiness of his kingdom. Oh, my God. My God, my God. Men will rejoice when they see the plumb land lying in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven eyes were of the Lord which ranged throughout the earth. And then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on the right hand and on the left of the lampstand? And again I asked him, what are these two olive branches beside the two gold pipes?
that pour out the golden oil? And he replied, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I said. And he said, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord in all the earth. And my God, I believe, Father, that you are speaking prophetically to us in these last days. The Father, we are the anointed. We are those who are connected with that oil supply. We are those who've got a, a supply which will never run dry. We are those who can burn with the very light and the fire of our God. And we will burn and we will light and we will speak and we will sound and we will produce a God thing upon the earth just because we're connected to the living God himself. Oh God. Father, I ask you in this place that you would lay the piping, the conduit of God for the oil supply to flow. Flow, Lord. Flow, Lord. Let there not be any disconnect. Flow. Oh, Jesus. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What a lovely name, Almighty. He's able, he's able, he's able. Father, I want to thank you for obedient hearts bowed before you right now. I want to thank you, Father, for the connections that are being made and will be made. I thank you, Father, for those things which are being died to in obedience to your word. And, Lord, that which you will resurrect and it will look glorious. And, Father, you will build your kingdom out of the likes of us who have grieved over our small things. And you will do glorious things. And we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.